0: It's all happening right now in the round ball game. And joining us down the line this afternoon to chat all about it from Football Nation Radio is Oscar Rutherford. Hello, Oscar.
1: Hello, Matt. You're right. It doesn't slow down the round ball game. Certainly not.
0: It doesn't. Why don't we start with that A-League match from yesterday. What did you make of this one? Uh, Melbourne victory coming away with the win very late in the piece.
1: A pretty incredible game, to say the least. I mean, as you say, two unbelievably late goals from a centre-back of all people uh, in Damien De Silva for Melbourne victory. The game itself was was a fairly dull affair. I mean, two teams who struggle going forward, struggle to get themselves on the score sheet, and we saw a wonderful goal from Daniel Pena, uh, probably Western United's best player to open the scoring on around the hour mark. Uh, Daniel then went and injured himself in the the celebration, which was quite, (laughs) quite unfortunate for Western. And then, yeah, it looked, it looked as if that would be enough for John Aloisi's team, get another big win that would get them closer to getting themselves off the bottom of the table. Uh, but then, late as it gets, Damien De Silva, two goals, uh, the, the, the recorded minutes were, I think, the 95th and the 98th minute, or maybe 94th and 97th. It was it was pretty unbelievable stuff, especially for a team who's, as I say, really been struggling for goals in the last little while to, to have their centre-back pop up and, and give them a huge three points, which keeps them really uh, close to the top of the table.
0: Yeah, we've seen a few of those late goals this season, haven't we?
1: Well, football consistently delivers. uh, Week in, week out, you get those late goals and those big moments if you're following enough of the games. I mean, Perth Glory, the men's team, I think have been a, a prime example of that, scoring bucket loads of late goals, and it's made it made that team probably the most entertaining team in the league
0: so far. Well, it's gone either way for the glory this season, hasn't it? Sometimes it, it works out in their favour. They score the late ones and sometimes uh, they concede them but uh, yeah, what do you make of everything going on with the Perth glory right now? They've been in some really, really good form. A great win against the Brisbane Roar um, on Saturday and they've got uh, new owners in the uh, Poligra group. Ross Pelligra heading that. So um, things looking up for Perth at the moment.
1: I think it's safe to say it's been one of the better weeks for Perth Glory in yeah. probably several years. Uh, it's, it's been a really tough situation for quite a long time over the COVID period and everything that came with that. The men's team has really struggled on the pitch. The women's team less so. Uh, but finally turning a corner, it seems, on the whole Perth Glory, you mentioned the Polygra group take over and that looks as if it'll be a, a really healthy relationship, uh, Ross Polygra and his, and his group having had a number of involvements with not only Australian sport, but football as well. So hopefully it'll be a really productive uh, business relationship and partnership, and, and Ross has stated his intention to return First glory to the glory days, if you will. Uh, and I think for the for the sake of all of Australian football, it's, uh, it's a really positive outcome, considering how turbulent things have been at Perth. And then, as you mentioned, on the pitch for the men's team, the results have finally started to turn around a little bit as well. You mentioned the late goals coming both for and against, and recently it's been more and more so for Perth, Rory. So some some positive results, an uptick in form, and there's suddenly a, a bit of a good feeling going around the club that we haven't seen for quite a while.
0: Yep, a uh, really good vibe uh, over here in WA at the moment. So it's uh, it's great to see a lot of fans are optimistic with uh, with Ross Proligra coming in officially. Hey, um... Oscar, where's the A-League at right now? Because we've seen uh, the PFA, the the players uh, uh, voicing their concerns really over the A-League competition and they feel as though we're not getting the best out of the game. We're we're not getting the most out of it. So where do you think it's at?
1: You could write a book to answer that question if I'm being honest with you, Matt. there, There are so many layers to that question and so many complications. There are There are problems which have persisted in the A-League competition for pretty much its entire existence, and we're also at a point right now where we're on the verge of a big change in the fundamental way that football works in this country with the national second tier coming in the very near future. We've also got expansion teams for the A-League as well, so there's lots of reasons to be excited, but as ever with with A-League football, there are are teams that are struggling, who don't have owners, who are running out of money, and and there's question marks behind the scenes. Uh, you have stadium problems, although we've had some good news recently on that front of Western United uh, finally getting to play some of their games at their home ground in Tarnit. Uh, and it's, it's just the nature of the beast. It's why so many people are drawn to Australian football this is the, the pros and the cons, and there's this constant fighting, which can be exhausting and tiring. But I think that, on the whole, things are looking more optimistic than not at the moment with all the good things that are happening. Uh, obviously in Perth, but but across the league as a whole, uh, even though there are, of course, a number of issues that that will persist for for the foreseeable
0: future, at least. Okay, well, uh, yeah, there is a lot to uh, still unfold in the A-League, but, you know, out on the pitch, it's been pretty good. We had peak A-League a a couple of weeks ago. You know, it was all happening there, and um, we do hope to see this competition getting... The absolute best uh, possible—you um, know everything. When it, when it comes to players, when it comes to um, people involved, we we want to see the best of the best, and uh, we want to see it right here in Australia. Uh, we're speaking to Oscar, other, think, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Uh, so, I was just going to—I just—I just felt compelled to, to also mention that we, we should, though, also of course discuss the the growth of the A League Women's competition, yeah. which I think has been a real boom this year, off the back of the Women's World Cup. Attendance is a significantly larger, memberships are growing, more players, more teams, more money. Uh, and that that's another, I think, a case of, of reason for optimism in this competition.
0: We are speaking to Oscar Rutherford here on Sports Drive this afternoon. Oscar, let's turn our attention, let's firstly go to the APL, uh, because we saw Man City with uh, a great win over Brentford 1-0, Erling Haaland stepping up uh, with a late goal to, uh, to get that victory for Man City, so they now sit in second position on the EPL table, and it's really tied up the top there with Liverpool and Arsenal um, right around them. What, what did you make of this win for Man City overnight, and uh, your thoughts on uh, how the Premier League is playing out?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've got a real title race on our hands. You mentioned at the top, Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal. Uh, just the two points separating those three teams, so you certainly wouldn't want to be counting any of them out. Uh, the win for Man City... It was, of course, the win that you expect them to get, uh, particularly at home. And and not a huge surprise whenever early Haaland pops up on the score sheet. They got the job done, Man City. I think it's safe to say that they haven't impressed as many people this season as they did towards the end of last. Uh, but that is a common pattern that we see with Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. They kind of you know, meandered their way through the first half of the season and then towards the end really kick it up a gear and, and start to run away with things, particularly in the Premier League. So we're kind of waiting to see if that's going to happen. Uh, Liverpool and Arsenal will be doing their best to, to keep Manchester City in check. Of course, Liverpool uh, off the back of the news at Jurgen Klopp. Uh, this will be his last season at the helm of the club. They've seemingly taken a, a, a bit of inspiration from that and, and kind of upped their game to a new level, uh, which, is, which is exciting and, and good to see them uh, right up there, deep this deep into the season, which we haven't seen for a couple of seasons. Uh, and Arsenal are, are there and thereabouts consistently. They're on a really good run of form at the moment, uh, so they're providing a consistent challenge. So it's, it's hard to take their eyes off the Premier League at the moment, and we've got a, a real tight competition going on.
0: We do. And what about in the Champions League? So uh, how do you think this is shaping up here? Um, you know, really good wins earlier on. Today, uh, well for Inter, uh, we saw PSV and Dortmund playing too. A one-all draw, but PSG, good win. Man City, uh, earlier on, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Real Madrid looking the team to beat, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's quite an even competition in the Champions League as well.
1: I'm probably inclined to agree with you about Real Madrid being the most impressive team up to this point of the season. Manchester City are the favourites, and you understand that as, as the holders of the competition. Uh, You mentioned Inter getting a win this morning against Atletico Madrid. They, of course, were in the final last season against Manchester City and very nearly did the number on Pep Guardiola's team. So they're a very impressive team, particularly in the European competitions. Look, a lot of the the, the big boys in Europe this season are not exactly there. When you look at the likes of Bayern and Barcelona, things aren't going swimmingly at those clubs. So that does mean that there's, in some sense there's less competition for who you think going to actually win the Champions League. But in another sense, it's created opportunities for other clubs who we haven't seen as much recently uh, competing for the crown. And and Carlo Ancelotti's Real Madrid, they've been a super impressive team both in the league and in Europe this season. If I I had to place a bet at this moment, they'd be the team that I'd be putting my money
0: on. Okay. And uh, what about the Matildas? They'll be in action across the weekend in the first leg of the Olympic qualifiers against Uzbekistan. Uh, so Saturday will be that first match, then uh, next Wednesday will be the second. Uh, how do you think the Matildas are looking in the build-up to these uh, couple of matches against Uzbekistan?
1: Yeah, it's a big couple of games, as you say, coming up over, over the next week, that second leg taking place uh, in Melbourne at, at Marvel Stadium. Uh, look, there's uh, a number of, or a handful of, kind of newer faces, if you will, in the Matilda squad, which, which is quite exciting to mm. see simultaneously they're kind of some old faces as well we've seen Michelle Heyman and Chloe Legazzo recalled into the team uh they're of course long-term Matildas Michelle Heyman hasn't been in that team for, for, for a number of years but off the back of some really impressive performances in the A-League women uh they, they've been given their chance and I think that's a really positive thing to see players who perform well in the domestic league getting rewarded with those call-ups and perhaps the, the biggest example of that is Caitlin Torphy getting her first uh, or potentially her first senior Matildas appearance, uh, having put together another really strong season at Melbourne City. So we've got some new faces to go along with some of the old guard. Of course, no Sam Kerr, who's still recovering from that long-term injury. So there'll need to be some different routes to go. Uh, but I think it's it's a really positive thing that we're seeing a little bit more competition for spots at the Matildas, and uh, as well as some reward for strong domestic performances. Against Uzbekistan, should be the stronger team, the Matildas on paper, have a lot more going for them. Certainly not a guarantee, though. So, so we'll see how those, those couple of matches shape up over the next week.
0: All right. lot to uh, break down when it comes to football. And we have you covered right here on 91.3 Sport FM. Oscar, always fun chatting. Thank you very much for taking the time and uh, enjoy the rest of your week.
1: You too, Matt.